So today on the Wolf Brothers podcast, we have Dara Stewart. Welcome, Dara. Thanks, guys. Great to be on. Dara, the first time I remember hearing about you the first time actually at a men's circle, it was Neil Kane. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a.k.a. Squealer. <laughs> yeah, you guys know, know him as that. Yeah, I think he, he came a, couple, a good few years ago. Yeah. Um, so he mentioned you to us, and then I was looking up what you did and stuff and the retreats, and I noticed um, one of your core values really struck me because it's something very close to me, and that's connecting to yourself, to others, and to nature. Yeah. Um, I have just a strong resonance with that over the last year. Um, for me, like I really found connecting to nature, then to myself, and then to others, kind of in that order. That's how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I want to ask you first is that's obviously quite a different type of profession than the norm or whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> but how, like, what was it that got you into that kind of work? Was the returning point in your life? Because I see, like, you obviously went to college and, and all that. And what was the turning point that for you in that way to, to go into that kind of work? Yeah, yeah, great question. I think it was definitely, uh, you know, because I started to work on myself in my my early 20s um, because a few different things uh, kind of happened to me. It kind of sent me on this kind of personal development and and into a kind of a spiritual journey. You know, um, I suffered from depression in my my early early 20s, um, all in around the time when my grandmother passed away, the first person who I lost. So I was suffering from bereavement, uh, even though I held a kind of brave face with it all. Um, then the breakup of my my first relationship, it was a long term relationship. And then I was in the middle of my PhD studies. So these things all compounded and set me into kind of a dark night of the soul. Uh, I was depressed, drinking a lot of alcohol, numbing my emotions, had no tools, had no practices, you know, had had very little awareness at that stage in my life um, and got in a really, really tough space. Now I was very fortunate that I was able to get myself out of it in the matter of, uh, you know, the guts of a year, started meditating, doing yoga, and then quickly found the, the power of psychedelics and also had amazing uh, people come into my life who uh, were able to teach me and hold space for me and uh, guide me, you know, um, and mentor me, <laughs> even though it wasn't a kind of, you know, professional relationship. Uh, it was more friendship and community. And um, I think I think very fondly of those 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 days, you know. Um, so, you know, by, by working on myself, doing this work, it came to a point where I was kind of like, I need to share this with other people. You know, and at that time, I was I was working as a full time researcher in in Trinity College. I was a, a plant geneticist, so I was in hardcore academia, <laughs> uh, working a lot of hours in the lab. And I just felt, you know, I was outgrowing this space. Um, I think I'd learned everything I need to learn. It wasn't fulfilling me anymore, and I was getting very frustrated, not being able to be motivated and put my energy into it, and was coming up against a lot of blocks. Um, in that place. Um, I think the real kind of turning point for me was when two of my male colleagues committed suicide in the space of two or three months. And that just really, really, really blew me. It's oh, it floored me. And I, I just, I, I couldn't make sense of it. You know, after a week, everybody's just back to normal. And I was like, Whoa, this is nuts. Like, and I know so many other people in here are like who are depressed and a lot of, a lot of guys were struggling 
a lot and a, a lot of um, a lot of females are struggling too. You know, this kind of high pressure container to prove yourself, to do well, to be somebody, to publish or perish. Um, and I just felt like, wow, there's such a need for this more of this work in the world, you know. And this is nearly six years ago, so um, this really uh yeah really hammered home for me like wow i need to really start to be more open about the work that i'm doing spiritually and uh, in the self-help and personal development world and share it with others because i feel that you know what i've done i think other people could really get value from and could really learn and hopefully it could save a life or a life or two and i feel really proud of the work i've done uh, one of the men on the last men's retreat said to me you you've saved lives and that really struck me because i was like well that's exactly why i got into this in the first place um the unnecessary suffering that people experience in 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 society especially young men you know and it's amazing the work that you guys do going to schools and and helping helping the youth as well but it's just you know back then if 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 i had had a mentor if i had had somebody who i could just go like oh that guy you know he could help me um or have somebody to talk to who uh, kind of understood what I was uh, going through or what I was interested in or the experiences that I was, was having with altered states of consciousness um, that I would have maybe, uh, you know, got to where I want to get to a little bit quicker and had the support guidance. And now it's wonderful that there's so many people involved in, you know, holistic health and well-being and, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about things. It's, the, the stigma has definitely shifted in the last yeah. Uh, for sure 10 years um and it's 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 really 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 great uh so that's the kind of the the main reason I, I i got into it was because i saw people suffering and i was suffering myself and i got some relief from it and was like well i need to share this you know i need to um uh, you know just uh open up pretty much open up have the have the dialogue have the conversation with people um, you know, I, I found what worked for me, you know, and maybe what works for me doesn't work for other people, but at least we can, we can try it. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, with this work, I, I, I see that there's, you know, there's many different paths we can take to, you know, self-realization or looking to become enlightened or looking for deep healing or whatever it is, but they all cross each other, you know, and what works for me at the start maybe won't work anymore and maybe what works for me this year won't work next year and you know it's, 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 it's a spiral you know yeah because we're always changing and what you said there was what really struck me is the unnecessary suffering mm -hmm. and it's because of people like yourselves us even and so many other people we know that are starting to talk openly about um different struggles and whatever it is, but just being open about it and opening that door for other people to follow through um, or to walk through maybe. It's because, well, I know when I was growing up anyway, that kind of stuff wasn't there or you didn't see it anyway. Now, I know that's... Absolutely. Um, the, we didn't have social media like that and the internet, even though that was only, well, 15 years ago, but we still didn't have that. So that is one of the good things about it. We can see what... Um, like when you're seeing all this kind of good, good, healthy information that's being put out there. Yeah. Now, I'm sure the guy won't mind me saying it today. I'm not going to say any names, but I actually got a phone call this morning from a guy who had come down to one of our circles and he had reached out for help before. And we, we got a phone call off him this morning and 
he was in a very dark place again. Um, and it's like, it just made me think, I was like, you can, you can always, like I said, they open the door for people, but they, but they have to take them steps to get through it, you know, and, and to keep walking down that road then. Even if you do go off the trail a little bit, but to come back, you know, I've gone off it myself and come back. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I do think it's great work you're doing actually. And um, yeah, fair play for deciding to do that when, because another thing is, it always seems to be from the people we've met anyway, there's always a, a what do you want to call it, a hardship or a, Mm. a moment in their life in that way that might be tough or challenging but that's always that seed that this that something grows from 100 percent. and you know uh i actually said this to to a guy i was doing a one-to-one there the other day with like you know when in school they say nobody can sit your leaving sir but but yourself you know it's it's kind of like that with life nobody can sit your life exams <laughs> but yourself you know you got to do it at the end of the day, you know, nobody's going to get you up at 8 a.m. and do your 15 minute silent meditation or no one's going to shake your body for you. No one's going to do your breath work. No one's going to get in that ice bath for you, jump in the sea for you. You know, you got you got to do it at the end of the day. And, you know, how much you want to do it is is ultimately one of the one of the biggest tests. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. We, we got to kind of we got to do the work. You know, a lot of people want to be healthy and well, but do they have the discipline to be healthy and well? That's one of the biggest things I kind of learned from myself. It's like, yeah, I want to get to X, but I got to, you know, lay the groundwork. I got to do the work, you know, you got to, you got to put in the inner work and that's kind of what, I, what I'm all about, you know, and it's an investment in yourself. You know, it's, it's one of the biggest investments you can make in your life is focusing on yourself. And, you know, some people think that it's, it's selfish and it's very hard to get over those kind of complexes of uh, feeling guilty for doing work on yourself or, mm-hmm you know, not helping others, but, you know, from the Buddhist teachings that, you know, I align myself with a lot, they say the best work you can do is to work on yourself because then that kind of emanates out to every, everybody, you know, the work and you offer up a lot of your practices. The work I do for myself is for the benefit of all sentient beings, you know, start with yourself and, you know, it kind of spreads out. And I, I literally saw it in my life, you know, I, I, I had so many people reach out to me like, wow, you look so happy on, on Instagram. You seem so real and authentic. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, man. Because I, Feckin was at the, the bottom and I pulled myself out, you know, <laughs> I needed to do the work and, and, um, and figure it out. And, and, you know, I was, I was so fortunate that I was kind of saving up for a, for a long time. And I got out to, I, as soon as I, I quit my job, I got straight out to India. So I spent five months in India doing lots of trainings and workshops and retreats. And that was a really potent catalyst. It was kind of like my mini gap year. I didn't really take one. Uh, when I was studying, I went, straight through university and into the PhD and then into the postdoc. So yeah, having this, this kind of space to, to reflect and to kind of do some self-authoring and, and figure myself out was really beneficial. So, you know, uh, time and space for people, you know, take a week off if you need it. I wish, you know, I had to taken more time off when I was having a hard time. I only came to that realization the other day. It's kind of re- really when you really re- reflect back, you know, I had such a heavy burden thinking I was a failure. You know, I thought I failed, like oh, I'm quitting my whole career as a scientist mm-hmm. and giving it up, you know, 10 years in Trinity College. Like, well, my parents going to think, oh, fuck. <laughs> what are, you know, what's everyone much- else going to think? 
you know, yeah. And what's, you know, what's everyone else going to think? And people thought I'd lost the plot. You know, people thought, Jesus, he's gone mad. He's growing a mustache and his hair long and he's wearing colorful clothes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then some people are like, well, what's he doing? I want some of that, you know? So yeah. well, I was very intrigued when I seen you and I seen the mustache. I was like, okay, this is some interesting. Yeah, how do you dude. grow one of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's my next question. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of overcompensation. I still can't grow a beard. So oh, I have to overcompensate <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, I was just going to go back to the piece you talked about or Daryl mentioned the first as well, just how a lot of people we've met that were in circles are doing the work, like what you're doing, say, they seem to all have hit that rock bottom point. Well, it might not be rock bottom, but that really low moment where it was like they had to change something. And I think that's a big part of the reason a lot of people kind of want to do some of the stuff, but they just, as you said, it takes effort and they're like, oh, not really want to put in the effort to be feeling really healthy and really good all the time. So, but I think when you go, you know, when you know the other side of it, when you go too far down the wrong path, it tends to just kind of light a fire under, under your arse and be like, I think Jordan Peterson talks about the, what are you running away from and what are you running towards? So like, yeah, you need that thing you're running away from too. It's like, I don't want to be like that. So now I'm running towards this new life or this new person I can be. And then that's, that motivation that kind of that's what kind of drives me anyway because i had a similar when i was actually in college as well um same college too wasn't it? yeah i was in trinity as well actually a couple of my mates were in your class sean flynn and marty connolly oh uh, great but yeah so like that was for me i just didn't know who i was and i think that kind of led me into like kind of yeah the dark night of soul in some senses as, as in like i didn't had my own identity and I was got into personal development then and, and I realized I could actually become whoever I wanted to be. I didn't have to be this shy, nervous person I was. But I think a lot of people we chat to seem to have that after leaving secondary school because you're kind of thrown out into the world a bit. Like you go to college or you go off to work and you leave that friend group of, you know, you're very... I felt like I was part of the lads, but then when I went off my own, I was like, well, who am, who's Cormac Noonan like as an individual? So yeah, that's kind of why we do the work in schools. Cause I was like, I want to do it before they hit that crisis point. But, um, just with that, I kind of wanted to ask you yourself, like what kind of practices do you do like on a day to day basis? And like, cause even myself and Daryl find that sometimes that we're, we're nearly doing too many things sometimes that of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kind of interested like in what you kind of find is good for keeping you well and healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Happy to share. And um, yeah, those two lads, great lads, by the way. I yeah, yeah. haven't seen them now in a good while. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 a very tricky one with school, you know, but and especially our schooling system that you're kind of you're pretty much molded into, you know, an individual based on whoever's there and I think you're very easily pigeonholed very early on and especially by teachers you know you're the fit one you're the strong one and you're the intelligible one you start to pick up all these labels you know and some of the labels aren't so helpful for for people when they think you know oh you're you know you're never going to amount to this or you don't have the aptitude or intelligence or you don't have the creativity or you know your voice isn't good enough these are you know all these self-limiting beliefs that we kind of hold and take and um, and you know we take a lot of people take them all the way through life you know we have people in their 60s and 70s come on our psilocybin retreats in the netherlands and you know some of them have 
been told like they can't do what you know what they really wanted to do in their 20s because their parents expected them to be lawyers or doctors and and this sort of stuff you know uh and it's kind of like those narratives and stories we kind of tell ourselves um to get by in life you know some of them aren't so healthy some of them aren't ours you know they're our parents or our uh whoever influenced us and some of them are there to, to protect us at a time in our life you know the ego uh, protecting protecting ourselves with an identity um and yeah these kind of stories can be unraveled you know by doing this kind of deep inner work and self-reflection and then yeah your, your daily practice so it's a, it's a great question you know my daily practice it really fluctuates but it always centers around uh silent meditation um and you know two years ago i did my first vipassana retreat uh that was phenomenal i wish everybody could do that at one point in their life now it's it's very very intense 10 days in silent nine and a half hours a day sitting meditation no no journal no books no no looking in the eyes of other people it's very strict very deep inward process um but this is essentially what you're talking about cormac there um you don't crave anything in 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 the body and you don't uh, have an aversion to anything so you're not avoiding things and you're not seeking things you're just being with the present moment and being with the sensations being fully in your being of what is your beingness of what is there in the present moment mm-hmm. and if you don't look to the future or look to the past you just be here in the now then stuff can clear so then you start to get you, the onion starts to unravel you start to get closer to oh look this this is who i am this is who i am oh my god i'm nobody <laughs> you know it's like it's a slide you know and it takes it takes a long time for different people that's my second 10-day silent retreat the first one i did was um three years ago now in india in the, in the buddhist tradition as well and this was mm. a lot of kind of buddhist philosophy and and learning um kind of antidotes to mental emotional states and very 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 helpful but uh yeah give, giving yourself the the space so each day i try and give myself a bit of a bit of space mm. um i see space as a, as a need for myself um with within my relationships with with other people mm-hmm. uh so yeah, I have a bit of space. I will either do um, some breath work, consciously connected breath work, breath wave, and maybe some Wim Hof if I'm going for a sea swim. Mm. I will do some shaking. I do some dancing. Mm. I do some journaling, uh, meditation, guided meditations if my mind's a bit kind of um, frantic. Um, so yeah, my my practice kind of it kind of fluctuates. I do, I stretch and mindfully, I mindfully stretch. I work out as well. You know, I do uh, uh, like strength and conditioning running. Um, and at the either, either ends of those, I'll always stop and bring myself back into the present with, with some breath, some breath work. Um, and then I'll always have my, my phone there to, to do some journaling. Sometimes a poem come true, comes true. Yeah. Sometimes just some some words of wisdom sometimes just things i need to do tomorrow or later on the day (laughs) forgetting or or putting off but like yeah you're so right like my my, you know at sometimes my life my daily practice has been two hours where i do you know shaking for 30 minutes and i meditate for 30 minutes and i do my stretching for 30 minutes uh and then i do journaling for 30 minutes then i'm like god how can i get anything else done the day if i'm doing two (laughs) hours of this sort of stuff you know but now it kind of fluctuates you know Mm. it really does fluctuate but the core is always uh silent stillness yes um yeah i like that yeah i think because i was chatting to my younger brother sean about it as well and like he's kind of similar to us he'd be very disciplined i suppose with morning routines and stuff and then he was like you make the perfect day or morning routine um and then 
after a while you just kind of get sick of it so it's like it was great at the start and i think what your approach is to actually mix it up more is what i'm trying to start to do and just kind of feel like what do i want to do this morning like yeah. we actually this morning we kind of skipped ours for, for the, the first time for the first time yeah, i was just like i actually had a chat with a bloke santiago seamus he was on the podcast before and he was like and we were just talking about it and he, he was just saying that it is important at times to just actually get out of the routine nearly yeah even for a day or two and give yourself that break or it becomes very army regiment or something and i just didn't i did a couple of things today but yeah. nothing like i'd normally do and it was actually nice it was relaxing it was nearly mm. like having a holiday in a weird way yeah absolutely even though i thoroughly enjoy all the practices i do yeah um but what i i'd love to hear because it keeps coming up for me the vipassana retreats mm. could you take me through one day are they, each day is the same i presume are they? um yes more 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 or less there's you know um what about a typical day so the, the, I think it's kind of the first three or four days are focused on concentration. Um, so you're just focusing on, on the breath to build up enough con- concentration and focus to do the Vipassana technique. technique. So the Vipassana technique is um, you're doing full body scans of the sensations in the body. So you're starting from the head all the way down through the whole body, uh, trying to feel each, each part of the body for any sort of sensation and just being with that sensation, try not to label it, try not to, uh, have an attachment or aversion to it just just being with the sensations and they arise and they disappear um uh so like each day will start at uh 4 30 a.m so you'll wake and you'll do um two hours meditation then you have breakfast uh, a little bit of, of a break then you do another two hours meditation then you will um have uh lunch at 12 so you've already done four hours meditation by 12 <laughs> then you'll do the rest of the evening will be sessions of meditation two three hours meditation a little little break for a stretch and then each evening you finish with a, a discourse from sn guenka so sn guenka is the the teacher um so his he's passed away now but his teachings have been kept and um, video so each each evening you'll watch an hour video of his teachings and it's kind of spooky that at the end of each day he will tell you exactly what you're feeling <laughs> because you know he has done it for thousands of people he will say, oh, today you maybe felt this and you felt this and you felt this. And it's like, whoa, oh my God, like that's exactly where I was at, you know? So yeah, each of the days kind of progresses and, you know, it gets, well, depending on the person, it gets harder um, in terms of the physical pains for me were unbelievable. You know, my hips were so sore, my lower back, my knees. uh, And then that dissipated and some days I just felt blissful. Uh, so each day as well, after the third or fourth day, there is strong sitting sessions. So these are one hour where you sit and don't move. So you don't open your eyes, don't move. So in some of those, you can have all I had, excruciating pain. And the uh, practice is to sit with that pain and to see it as an illusion, to see it as just a sensation that it's not hurting you, it can't harm you, and to allow it to pass, you know. And they say that this is your suffering one of the kind of the thoughts is like, this is your past karma, your suffering that is manifesting and you're clearing it. Um, and you're going to these deep, deep spaces of, of self, of, of I, and then beyond that, if, if you, if you go kind of uh, deep enough to, to just, you know, source or whatever terminology you want to put on it and mm. uh, just being, you know, so uh, wow. it's a, it's quite, it's quite a, 
a strong practice. A lot of people say it's a very masculine practice, you know, because it's it's very, you know, sit, don't move, a lot of strength and stability and determination and discipline and this sort of stuff. Not to say that women can't have that, but you know, this is the, the terminology that people put on it. Mm. So it's a yeah, it's it's definitely one to to do if you feel the call, you know. And I but the first time I heard about it, I was like, I need to do that. You know, I heard about it five I years ago. I just found to, the to get, took me two years to get there. You know, I did it. I did it in North India, uh, up where uh, the Bodhigaya Temple is, uh, Mahabodhi Temple, where the Bodhi Tree is, where the Buddha became enlightened. It's a really powerful place, wow. amazing center there. Again, absolute exquisite Indian food every morning. <laughs> so it, yeah, that where you did the second one as well. So that's where I did the second one. The first one I did in Dharamshala in India. That's where uh, the Dalai Lama uh, lives and where all the um, displaced Tibetan people live. So I did that um, there in Dharamshala in a, in a monastery to Tushita. So and you that, was all, that was also beautiful, but it wasn't as strict as Vipassana. There was daily discourse and you could have a one-hour discussion group with other people. Okay. Um, and there was daily... Uh, daily um, kind of stretching and uh, you could journal and read on that one, a beautiful library, that sort of thing. Mm. But the, the, the Vipassana one is, you know, you literally put your belongings, your passport, your phone and everything you have into a safe, you lock it and you don't get it for 10 days. And that's quite a trippy experience, you know, because I think it's the closest you can feel to maybe prison. You know, that's what I felt. I was like, I'm literally handing over my identity and now I'm, mm. I've, I've nothing, no contact with the outside world. And, uh, no sense of who I am or anything. You're not supposed to bring in anything, no pictures, no nothing, you know, just you. So quite quite a space to kind of rebuild yourself. And you were kind of saying with this, Cormac, you didn't have that sense of who you were. Mm-hmm. I, I did know who I was going in there, but after you just know yourself even more, you know, and it's kind of like, oh, I thought that was me and that's not me, you know, but this is more me. So just getting closer, yeah. closer to, to, to your authenticity. Mm. I don't need to do it. I've already done the prison thing, so. Yeah, <laughs> no, I wrote it down there. I was like, I just wrote down do the past now. I was like, I kind of heard about it. I actually thought about doing it last year and then I couldn't, but I think I, it feels like it's calling me because I'm even mm. reading Thich Nhat Hanh's book again, The Art of Living, since he just died there. The other oh, day. yeah. Um, I read it before and then I'm rereading that and it just, you know, like books like that, I suppose you probably want to read a couple of times, but it's just hitting home that whole point about aimlessness which you kind of touched on there where he's just like you know you don't want to have you shouldn't have any desires or any you know outcomes you're waiting for like you should be just here and it's like you know the teaching that we all know but it's like very hard it's very hard to do and i'm like i'm still always you know thinking about the outcomes or whatever so it just sounds like that for passing a retreat would really just make you sit with those uncomfortable things and just be present. So I think for me, that would be something I'd love to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I posted a quote on my Instagram today. Uh, if you've no destination, you can never be lost, you know? So that kind of points into the aimlessness and yeah, God rest, Thich Nhat Hanh. He was, you know, I put a post up the other day. He was one of, he was one of the first Buddhist people I read, you know, and I read his work and he's so gentle and so poetic and so beautiful and you know i think him like i i feel that he is way softer than vipassana at least direct and his teachings are incredible and a link along the same lines but you know if you look at the style of plum village like if you go to plum village for 10 days you know you're playing music together mindfully you're going for mindful walks you're cooking mindfully 
you're doing all of these kind of chores in a very uh, mindful, full manner. And that's how you start to discover yourself, you know, through these kind of very ordinary day-to-day practices, you know, washing the dishes and be with washing the dishes, wash the dishes to wash the dishes. You know, I love that quote from him uh, where, you know, Goenka is more like, you need to sit and not move for 10 hours and, yeah. <laughs> you know, become self-realized, <laughs> you know? So it's a, it's a bit more of a, you know, of a difference. But like I was saying earlier on to start the podcast, mm-hmm. some people resonate to Plum Village. Some people will resonate to the depths of India to do Vipassana or, you know, there's centers in Europe too. But it just totally depends. And, you know, one might work now and then maybe four years down the line, you might need a different one. You know, you might need more of a gentle approach um, or you might need a stronger, stronger, more dedicated approach. So just depends where you're at, really, you know, and and what you gravitate, what you naturally gravitate towards. And I think this is a really big one for people in spirituality. And they see like, oh, like that guy's doing that. I have to do that, you know, because it's X, Y and Z. It looks cool or it's interesting. But in fact, like, just sit with yourself. What do I need? Where do I feel called to, you know, where, where, where is my, my, what makes my heart sing? Where am I, you know, being, being drawn to naturally and trying to forget what anybody else says, you know, uh, you know, that kind of intuitive kind of feeling of of what's right, what's right for you in that, in that moment. Definitely. We were only saying that recently. It's, it's whatever works for you. There's no right or wrong. It's just whatever works for you and it's not damaging. Yeah. Um, one more, I just want one more thing on the Vipassana. So you don't speak for them whole 10 days, no? Uh, no. So you get each day, you get like, you can ask the teacher questions um, on the technique. So if you have a particular question on the oh, technique, okay. you can go to the teacher and you can ask him uh, or her a question. There's and a- then there's yeah, a small, small group where they make sure that you're, you're doing the technique uh, correctly. So you kind of meet for 10 minutes each day and they kind of ask you, are you doing the technique correctly? So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just going to ask you, like if you didn't speak for the f- 10 days, what, what was the first thing you said? Like, you know, because <laughs> you would be, I think me just thinking about it personally, I'd be like, I'd want to say something worth saying after, you know, holding in for so long, because somebody told me before about, how they realized on one of those retreats, how much needless shit we speak. Yeah. You know, how much we like, we don't need to say all the stuff that we said. We just talk to talk, you know, because people can't sit and stand in silence. Of so, course. Like, yeah. Just wondering like, if you did not speak for 10 days, do you remember what the first thing you said was? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I dropped a voice message to my family and just said, I love them. And I was thinking of them and my partner at the time, I dropped them a voice message but it's really interesting because I still have those voice messages and I listen back and I just go, Oh my God, who's that person? Like the words I talk so slow and so calm, Mm. so collected. I really feel that there's such kind of um, focus and such clarity behind the words and such, uh, you know, sort of deliberation on, on each word that I'm using. And it's so true, you know, Um, we really uh, emphasis for people that come on our retreats and work with psilocybin that they they try and have a 72 hour discipline of not sharing their experiences after because there's so much energy given away in in the in in the voice um and when you retell experiences they get diluted down more and more and more mm-hmm. and then by the end you're just telling people oh, i was a great retreat you know and the first person might have gone into everything so in depth so 
now after whenever I do anything, I write everything down, you know, catch that first piece of energy, even voice record myself um, get it down. And then, you know, then I'll, I'll, I'll share it to people after. But yeah, such huge energy being lost um, through through the voice. So, you know, that's why it's important to, I think, yeah, choose our conversations uh, wisely. <laughs> you, you actually went to where I wanted to go next. Because in our last podcast, myself and Cormac were chatting with a guy and we were talking a lot about psychedelics um, and the benefits that we've gotten from them. So seeing as you host or hold the retreats, um, would it be all right to go through a typical psychedelic retreat just so that anybody listening and that might have heard the last podcast has some idea of what it's like or, or yeah, what, yeah. what your retreats are like even? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're in our, I think it's our fourth year now of running the retreats and we've kind of found what works best for us and our team and, and the participants. Um, we kind of make sure that, uh, everybody feels really safe, really comfortable and really held. Um, and this is done with, you know, having calls online before the retreat and meeting uh, one of our team's therapists and, you know, uh, making sure everyone's in a really good space before they come. So, you know, it's the, the kind of the start of the retreat is very much about unwinding, getting comfortable with everybody and having light conversations, introductions, you know, forming those kind of kind of surface level connections and, you know, uh, feed, feeling the kind of what the group needs. Is there any themes, uh, how, how people are presenting? Um, and yeah, kind of unwinding, you know, a lot of people come to these retreats might be the first time they've ever stopped, <laughs> you know, they might be working their, their whole life and have never had a break or, um, have never stopped to take stock on themselves or, or who they are, or maybe they do a bit of therapy, but um, have never been to something like that. So we want to make sure everyone's really comfortable and safe. Then we do some of the kind of practices, some of the modalities, um, getting us into our body, clearing the mind, really trying to understand our intentions, connect to nature, kind of grounding, um, you know, really kind of bringing themselves into the, into the, into the present, into a space where they're, you know, able to, go deep you know so we do some some different modalities some different practices um to get into that space and then we'll do the the the, the journey some our retreats um the five day one has two high doses of psilocybin and the four days of has one high dose and then we have a full day of integration so the dose the dose days are the same um you know the, some practices in the morning and then how we work is in the broad tradition of Stanislav Grof. So he did a lot of experimentation with LSD in the 60s uh, before he was shut down and then set up the holotropic framework of uh, having altered states of consciousness for healing and, and development. So everybody in our retreat gets an eye mask. It's a fully inward journey, inward bound. That's what it's all, it's all about, going inward bound, you know, going inward. And uh, we have a specially curated playlist of kind of emotionally evocative music to bring up all those beautiful emotions <laughs> that we have hidden away or suppressed or can't access. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a phenomenal alchemy in the room of people. You know, we always find that the people who, who are there on that retreat are all meant to be there together, you know, and there's amazing connections between people. And then there's pieces of the puzzle for other people. So we do a lot of sharing circles. There's a lot of group processing. And in those spaces, people might be actually put, be able to put language on what you actually felt, but you, you couldn't, you know what I mean? You, you, you were like, 
you know, I felt like this and that, and I'm trying to understand it. And somebody might literally speak your experience out, you know, um, or share something and that might just, aha, you know, whoa, that's, that's why that happened or that's why I feel that way. And so those group processing circles are just as important, just as important and potent as the, the psilocybin sessions. So there's this huge opening of people cracks people open um, allows it to feel deeper, to connect uh, from a more authentic place, drops people straight into the heart. You know, uh, the difference in people, the day we pick them up <laughs> to the day we leave, you know, is uh, phenomenal, like color back in their faces, bright eyes. And, you know, for, for, for most people, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, and it's important to note that, you know, psychedelics aren't a magic bullet in any form or shape. You know, you have to do a lot of work before and after, um and they're and they're also not for everybody you know there's contraindications there's red flags that you know they're just not suitable maybe for a certain period of your life so you know uh, or maybe in the future in a different uh, setting it might be um okay for you to to work with them but you know just there's always a caution warning with these things mm-hmm. uh, especially when we're ingesting anything and uh, especially the the people that you're doing them with you know so we really pride ourselves on creating this personal connection with everybody and really being there before and after as much as 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 is needed and um yeah then the integration day is doing all these uh, kind of modalities it's more about celebration connection fun bringing in you know uh, lots of song and music and dance and uh, poetry and there's art every day to express so the, the integration is all about expression and getting that time to to share and talk and we do one-to-ones um with our therapists on the retreat on that day to make sure everyone's stable and safe and is getting the most from their experiences. And then the last day is hugs and goodbyes. And it's always, always sad to watch people uh, leave, but you know, I haven't had a retreat where I've said, Oh, I'm, I'm not happy with how those people are leaving. We really feel that they're amazing, incredible uh, work. It's amazing, incredible work. And I feel so privileged to be able to do it. And to be, you know, following my passion and watching the unnecessary suffering <laughs> to solve for most people, you know. So that's kind of like the 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 general flow. Um, if do you have any questions on 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 that or how does how does how does that sound? You want to sign you up the application form somewhere? Uh, <laughs> well, what I I, cool. I love that at the end when you were saying the like it is sad saying goodbye at the end of any ceremonies or retreats like that because. You, you form connections with people in a couple of days as if you've known them your entire life. And it's mm-hmm. like every conversation you have is real. That's yeah. like, you know, every conversation is real and open and honest. And, um, and you, and you feel you can be open and honest and real in them spaces. Well, I do anyway. And, I'm sure by from what when I'm listening to other people, it sounds like they're being like that as well. And it's like even that alone, um, regardless of the medicine or anything, like which is beautiful too, but like just that honest conversation. Oh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. And you know what comes up for me there is when I started to do you know that kind of work, going to retreats and uh, those kind of spaces, you know, sacred spaces or uh, healing spaces. I felt like. I was being pulled. I felt like there here's Dara over here, the kind of psychedelic shamanic 
this kind of Darren and here's the the straight laced scientist <laughs> so yeah. I definitely started to have this kind of divide in who I was and then there was just a literally a letting go of who I thought I was or who I thought I should be and then I just started to be me in all situations so you know um I am the exact same or I try to be the exact same on the retreats as I am in the day-to-day you know so if I meet someone like a with, for a coffee I try to be as present be as open be as authentic be as real as I can and you know just trying to bring that energy into every moment every day and that's that's a great process for people and I think one of the biggest take home for for people who do those kind of retreats is like whoa I need to find more people like this and we're like yeah they're out there they're they're out there like tune into a cacao ceremony go to a men's circle go to ecstatic dance go to a breathwork workshop yoga you know like fill your life up with these spaces and these communities and these people and then every day you'll just have that energy you know and uh cultivate you'll be able to cultivate it for yourself in your daily practice by yourself and then you kind of go out into the world with your cup uh full you know every day and that's actually you know one of the reasons that we started running the connection retreats in Sligo without psychedelics it was, was to create this kind of container where people can just be themselves be real all right let's all get together share openly maybe move through some stuff um it's not the what's not the main focus but you know stuff always comes up for people but you know let's celebrate life let's do a fire ceremony have cacao a static dance shamanic drumming you know uh movement play songs by the fire you know let's just be real let's just be open let's just uh be unapologetically ourselves and connect mm-hmm. you know so that's why we kind of set those up because we wanted like almost more of that uh connection and then uh it's kind of been history since then it's been really wonderful spaces well yeah i've heard a lot of good things um i've sat around f- fires with a lot of different lads and and girls as well that have been to your retreats um and they do sound they sound amazing um and i, I think what you were saying there about you know just being your authentic self like again it's like you hear that a lot but it's actually very hard to do i think well mm. like sometimes i think i'm being my authentic self and then i'm like oh are we am i really or am i just keeping up a persona of who i think i should be in this situation like as you said i kind of feel that same uh, polarization i suppose and sometimes when i'm going to like you know retreats and then i'm like we're doing work in schools it doesn't like you're not going to be talking about that obviously but that's just there's certain times to talk about things and certain times not to but i suppose a more recent example is just i actually mentioned it on one of the other podcasts how i don't even think i like playing football but i've been playing it for the last 10 years kind of out of obligation like gaelic football and it was only recently that it kind of came out of the men's circle where i just i said that as well so it's kind of like saying it to other people to kind of say it to myself um yeah then i told the manager i wasn't going to play this year he rang me and then the selector rang me who was who i who trained me when i was like under 10s like the like when like from underage all the way up and i got on really well with him and i actually that was like the real he was like oh would you not just come back for a few months and i was just like to be honest it's like i just it's not in me anymore i just don't have the heart like i used to kind of come up with excuses like you know i'm mm. like, going away in the summer so there's no point but i was like i just don't want to do it anymore and he was like jesus and i was like yeah and uh and then i hung up the phone i actually was going for a walk i actually felt a lot of guilt just come over me and i nearly sat crying i was like 
I felt like that was the moment I'd let go of the old me that was this footballer that I was trying to maintain that image of, which just didn't, wasn't compatible with who I, who I'm starting to become now or who maybe I think I am. And I think there was like a bit of a grief in losing that part of me um, and 100%. a guilt as well for, which maybe shouldn't be there, but I felt guilt for like letting my community down as well. But um, I don't know if you've any experience with that kind of, is there like a grief process of letting go of all parts of it that you thought were true? Yeah, thank, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, it's uh, I imagine maybe some shame there as well, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, shame you're going to let down your community or, yeah. you know, let down the other lads in the team. And I think, you know, that's that resonates a lot with me because it's it's I think a story for a lot of guys, you know, they're in this mold and they mm-hmm. they just can't get out because they feel that they'll let others down. You know, you're kind of worried about what other people think and you're going to go along with these things. And that, that for me, uh, essentially is, you know, uh, it's disempowerment, I think, of, of, of yourself. If, if you stay in a space like that and you're constantly telling yourself, oh, I need to stay here because of this or that, you know, and then other people are kind of codding you into it and wanting you to, to stay there for their benefit, ultimately, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so fair play for, for, for breaking that mold. And it is, it's, a, it's, I think with this work, it's a constant, it's a constant death and death and rebirth experience, you know. Uh, there's different parts of ourselves that that die you know and yeah I think the biggest one is when we break up from a relationship you know and ultimately you can see that as a relationship to to football you know you're 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 ending that relationship to football and within that relationship is managers and other people and you know you mightn't see them as much anymore and you mightn't you know, in one year's time, you might not resonate with anything those people are interested in, interest-wise, or how you're navigating your life, or the books that you're reading, or films that you're watching, or documentaries, and they'll kind of think, Jesus, he's 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 gone off on one, you know, <laughs> yeah. and people just won't understand because they're not there, mm. you know. And definitely, that was a, a part of my story too of letting go of the label as a as a you know a researcher or a scientist. But you know, you never really let them go. There's there's parts of you in there that are you know um help you you know they give you experience and Mm -hmm. then you might come come full circle at some point with it or uh, start to approach it in a different way you know playing it mindfully or on your own terms or with a bunch of conscious lads or something like that you know what i mean um but uh yeah it's i think it's you know giving our space giving giving ourselves space to end things kind of in a very kind of mindful way you know like uh, all right i'm closing this chapter and there's a new chapter opening it's not it doesn't mean that my life's going to be any worse or any 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 um any uh more terrible and yeah this kind of came up there the other day someone was like oh if i start on this path mm. and you know i find out things about myself that you know are going to change things for my life are going to challenge me and i was like that's great like that's half that's the whole point like you know you want to find these things because you know they're going to get you closer to who you are and what you really want to do and where your passion is and where your purpose is and where your fulfillment is uh you know and it could mean you have to leave your job or it could mean you need to change country or you know you could like could mean you want to take a 180 you know and that's okay if it gets you closer to your happiness you know at the end of the day and it's just it's just the closing of a chapter and opening up a new one but giving yourself the space giving yourself the time to market and to say all right this part of Cormac's life is now over I honor it thank you for the lessons you can reflect on it journal about it 
mm. stop and then turn the page right what's next for me where am i going who who what do i want what do i want to do how do i how do i you know maybe for football you're probably doing it as an outlet for exercise for connection right how can you tick all those boxes in a different sphere in a way that your heart is singing your heart your heart is going uh you know your heart is fully in it mm. so you know it's about trying to find like what what were the maybe what were the needs there that were getting fulfilled and how can you do them in a in a in a more heart centered way yeah that's yeah you put that very well i think it's it is just a new chapter and it's not like i'll never go back it's just for now all i know is i have to follow my heart so i think yeah nice man that's great and you know i think the books that i read have more chapters are always better you know <laughs> in different exactly. chapters and that's a good way know? nice that's um but another good point you touched on there was, and this came up recently for me as well, is because he's given up the football, say, to replace it with something else that gives him what he was getting from that too. Because um, somebody was talking, what was it? Oh, yeah, one of the students actually oh, yeah. asked us about um, the best way to give up a, a bad habit. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'd like to get your take on this, but I just, for me personally anyway, because I've had to give up um, a lot of bad habits an awful lot of them like um and change a lot of things about the way i was living but i had to replace it i had to replace them things like instead of like even for me say with it with the alcohol as damaging as that was for me like it it practically it almost killed me like and but i still had to that was still giving me a lot Mm. um at the time it was a it was a it was my safety net at the time and it was in a fucked up way, what gave me connection because I couldn't connect any other way. In that's how I felt. Yeah. So when I gave up alcohol, I was lost. Like, yeah, I was feeling very healthy physically, even mentally I was, but there was something missing, like really, really missing. Felt very empty, very void a lot of the time. Um so I had to find something to replace that with, which I did um many different things in the end but like do you like when it comes to um giving up something that's unhealthy for you some bad habit do you would you definitely recommend or would you recommend that you replace it with something else yeah it's a it's a great question um yeah i don't think i really thought about it too much i yeah yeah i have heard about you know people you know, say giving up something and then going obsessed into another thing, you know, almost to a point of, or you're probably damaging yourself with that now too, you know, mm-hmm. maybe in a different way, you know, you hear of all these people who like give up alcohol and then become ultra marathon runners and, you know, uh, you know, fair play to them most of the time. But, you know, I think deep down, ask yourself, you know, why am I doing this? What, what is the, what is the energy behind it? You know what I mean? Am I trying to, Again, coming back to that Cormac, you know, am I trying to avoid something? Am I trying to get towards something? You know, what, what is, what is the sensation that is there and what is not being looked at? So it's, I think it's trying to, trying to drop in deeper. Um, Now, another thing that springs to my mind, uh, you know, a bit of a positive reinforcement is always great. You know, if you want to give up a habit, uh, find something that you like doing and um, maybe give yourself a reward somehow creating some sort of Pavlovian response, you know, the dog that wags a tail every time he hears a bell and gets a, gets a cookie or something. So, you know, uh, I think, 
yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the cycles. It's ultimately those, those cycles and those patterns and those habits that you kind of have uh, and trying to, you know, interrupt them and yeah, take the mind somewhere else or do something else or bringing something beneficial. Uh, and, and I think, you know, if, if you're, if your bad habit is you're going to reach for something, stop and do a five minute meditation. I think that's a great replacement, mm. you know, and ask yourself, all right, what was the, what was the energy, the motivation or the intention behind going into my habit or into my bad habit? What was the, what was the impulse there that I felt I needed, you know, that drink or the cigarette or the uh, cookies or sugar or whatever, whatever your, your, your voice is. And then also have some sort of self-compassion as well, you know, have this kind of kindness and view yourself as kind of doing your best and watch the narrative in the mind. Don't be saying, oh, you, you know, you're a piece of shit or you're terrible for, for wanting that drink or, you know, you're a disgrace or like watch, watch that talk. I think watching that self-talk is the most important part. And there's an amazing book that really did a lot for me, uh, Kristen Neff, uh, compassion, uh, self-compassion you know she talks about you know stop yourself and talk to yourself as your best friend you know mm. um if you smash a glass on the ground don't say oh you fucking idiot you know just say you know that was an accident um i'll just sweep it up it's no big deal move on you know um or say to yourself you're tired today cut yourself a break maybe you need a bath maybe you need to lie down maybe you need some self- some rest you know ultimately um so yeah just watching the, the self-talk and i suppose if you're what what I what I do would be yeah try and maybe have a bit of a, a meditation there and um try and do something that you know will be beneficial. So w- yeah, I can give an example. One one thing f- for me and um, there for a while I gave up coffee. Now it didn't last too long, <laughs> yeah. but I felt like coffee was causing me a lot of anxiety uh, a few months ago. Just it was kind of you know I was feeling feeling the kind of collective anxiety going on. I was worried about retreats and you know, not working and, you know, this, these sort of things looming over my head. And every, every morning when I got up, I just had a a pint of water. And some days I had a liter of water, just fill myself up with as much liquid as possible so that you didn't want a coffee then, you know, and I was kind of ticking that box of getting my morning water. And then also, you know, not having the coffee. Um, and you know, that only lasts a few weeks. Now I do have my morning coffees (laughs) or cacao. Um, only human at the same time absolutely lads absolutely you know we're only we're only humans and like i've loads of vices i I definitely you know would love to make my bed every morning and not leave my clothes on the ground or you know uh, eating healthier less sugar and you know there's scrolling my phone when i should be you know doing something more mindful you know of course we have all these things but it's just i think it's a narrative just watch the talk yes. you know we can't we can't be buddhas overnight you know it's a, it's a, a slow journey yeah. Uh, and a beautiful journey and one that we should enjoy the the walk you know yes i think that's great advice and something i did struggle with a lot was like that compassion piece so i suppose i was a bit of an overachiever so i'd always be hard myself you know if i did say if i had a percent same yeah it's funny you mentioned that because actually this month um i did the classic uh not new year's resolutions but i kind of set some goals from a year but they're more just like ways of being not really um, like outcome focused but just more process focused but like uh, one of my came across this thing it's like a monthly challenge and so for like this month of january i've been my challenge is to like it's called radical self-love so it's just like never like never giving out to myself even if i you know sleep in like this morning i slept Love in that. just been like 
exactly what you were saying like just being like that's fine you're tired you need sleep in like just loving myself no matter what i do because i usually be like judging giving out to myself and i have actually noticed the difference just because it's like that's my challenge for the month that's my one thing to focus on and it's kind of top of the mind and then like next month it's something else i think it's radical um honesty which honestly yeah i'm looking forward to that one but uh like just saying actually what i think all the time um but it's very interesting isn't yeah it? it's yeah. just a brendan bouchard came across it and he talked about it and i just it's funny that's the, my one for this month and it, it does make such a difference because i think we can all be too hard on ourselves and what's the point in the what end is the day? point in the end of the um one thing i wanted to move into is another thing that i suppose both of us are very interested in and close to is the men's circles and the work with men. Um, I suppose myself and Daryl are only getting into it recently, but um, I do feel personally like a great kind of connection to working with men. Obviously, we do workshops with like girls and boys in secondary schools, and we've done some with teachers who are women as well. But I do feel like I understand men obviously more because I am a man and. I find there's great power just even gathering in those men's circles, as you mentioned as well, that just can just connection alone is, you know, healing in itself, but that sharing and the other things you do, whatever, um, bit of meditation and stuff like that. But, uh, what, what brought you into the, doing the men's work as well? And what do you, um, see as maybe some of the main challenges that men have today? Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy that more guys are getting involved in it. I think the more men doing this work, the better, <laughs> you know, when I, when I started going to workshops and retreats, um, in my early twenties, it was all women. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, holy shit. And it was great. You know, cause I felt really nurtured and I felt really taken care of. And, you know, I met some really strong, strong women and, and, and there was definitely guys there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what really got me into it was, you know, I started to meet other guys that uh, I really started to have open, honest conversations with. And I felt accepted by these, by, by the guys and, uh, you know, being held by them as well. And, you know, being, having my emotions held there um, was really profound, you know, to have that kind of uh, strong energy and, um, from a man holding hold, holding holding me uh was profound and i i felt that you know in society at the time i was like right like who are my irish role models mm. i literally could not think of one you know and you know the main ones are probably sporting for for men you know as, as and in ireland too we're a pretty pretty big sporting nation you know uh, so I was kind of just like, there's, there's not so much going on out there for men. I saw so many women's circles, so many sister circles, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff going. And I was actually kind of like, where's the guy stuff, you know, and who, who, who's doing the guy stuff. Now there was some, some stuff going on, but what, what our circles, um, originally were set up around were psychedelic integration, talking about altered states of consciousness, pushing the boundaries, you know, talking about intimacy, sexuality, uh, you know, um, these kind of more taboo edgy topics that maybe other men's circles were talking about, but, um, I just didn't have access to them. So, uh, meeting these really, really good guys, we started to, to, you know, meet together. And then it kind of came to a stage where myself and Rob coffee, who I set up the, the men's circles with, um, we kind of said, right, let's, let's get together. You know, let's, let's, let's do this. I, I was doing a, a, 
a lot of work on myself at the time. Uh, Rob had just finished training as a psychotherapist. So, you know, the two of us really came together to, to start that, that space with our, our own experiences. Uh, and it, you know, from the early days, you know, we're five, nearly five years running the men's circles now, probably in our sixth year now at this stage. Um, it was just really breathtaking, you know, it was just, you know, the circles were just two hours, but we were staying on for a couple of hours after each time and all the different topics we were covering. It was just like getting all this knowledge and all this insight and wisdom and meeting, meeting really good people, you know, meeting people outside of uh, the pub, you know, and most people uh, had been giving up alcohol or giving up that lifestyle um, and moving more in a, a holistic manner. And it was just a reflection of our journey too. You know, it was, you know, the pub wasn't doing it for me. Um, and those connections um, were, were kind of too surface level for me. So in these spaces, there was kind of a held safe um, container where we could really share the depths of our, our reality and our experiences and just be acknowledged for it and not trying to heal each other or fix each other, ending just being held and supported and, and guided and learning from each other. So, you know, I feel that my, uh, my sort of development was really catapulted because I was sitting in these circles, you know, every week with, you know, guys all the way up to, you know, 60, 60 years old and older who were talking about all these experiences. And I was learning, learning, absorbing, absorbing and holding the space and also being held as well. You know, I went into some of those circles in bits, <laughs> you know, I was having such a hard time with, you know, something going on in my life and the guys just held me, you know, even though I was setting it up and that was really, really great for me, you know, um, and have made many lifelong friends from it. But yeah, it was kind of just a need for that, especially in Ireland. Um, I think guys nowadays, we're still struggling with opening up, sharing our feelings, sharing what's going on for us, you know, failure, you know, um, kind of still holding on to these kind of, kind of hyper masculinity. I'll use that term, you know, of like, you know, being strong and nothing's going wrong and I'm great and everything's perfect. <laughs> you know, it's like, no way, man, <laughs> you're not a Buddha, <laughs> you know, you're definitely, something has to be going on, you know, some, something has to be below the surface. Um, so yeah, just creating those spaces for more depth and support. Um, and you know, in those early days, they were around, you know, altered states of consciousness and psychedelics, and then they very quickly transformed into kind of more traditional men's work, you know, getting in touch with, uh, different parts of ourselves and uh, looking at different relationships, the mother relationship to the father, mm. intimacy, consent, boundaries, shadow work, sexuality, uh, so much in there it was just, yeah. Uh, and they still they still are they still are phenomenal most mostly online now at the moment we still do meet in the woods every so often uh but you know the pandemic's been amazing in a lot of ways that you know you can get such a bigger reach th these days everyone's used to zoom we can drop in um you know have that support have that connection explore a topic have a laugh have a bit of a discussion after and also knowledge share every every you know circle i do people are sharing books and podcasts and you know, ideas and insights. And, you know, you can ask a question like, Hey guys, I'm struggling with this. How can, what do you guys think I should do? Or, uh, what helped you in your journeys? And people can give you feedback then and you can, you can take it or you can let it go. And, um, you know, everyone's just there to look out for each other. Like ultimately I'm there to look out for whoever's there, you know, I've got, got your back. I want to be there for you. I want to support you because I wish I had that in my early days. Um, and, uh, it's it's it, to have somebody 
look after you or mentor you or guide you or just give you that one piece of information you know like just one 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 paragraph could change your life you know and i think trying to build more of those men in ireland who are re-empowered who can be role models to, to younger generations is going to be absolute key for us to move into a society where it's less about uh being individuals and more community and unity you know so mm-hmm. you know promoting self-leadership uh, our last men's retreat um was around rites of passage guys initiating themselves into manhood i'm not going to say you're a man or bless you or whatever you do it you know you go on your journey you do your your work you go to the depths and then you re-empower yourself to be the man that you want to be in the world. So then you, that you can, you know, live by your values and your ethics and your morals and connect to your purpose and your fulfillment and your passion. Wow. Wow. That's, yeah, that sounds pretty powerful. Like, and I think what you said there about the circles, like it's important that it's not, you're not going there to like fix anyone there, going there and sharing and like, you know we'd be the same like we don't offer any advice unless someone asks for it like if someone's like yeah as you said i'm struggling with this and then people who might have been on a similar journey are there to help but i think we'd love to just see it become more of a mainstream thing where it's you know just an alternative to the pub it doesn't have to like replace it completely like i still go to the pub um with some of my mates and then some of my mates go down to the woods like you know it doesn't for me it's <clears throat> it's not one or the other i like to do both but I think if we can, we'd love to just see more actually just pop it up, like with people um, say that come to our one or whatever or yours, and then to go set up their own somewhere. Because I think that's what we need is that community piece. Because like you can do all the work on yourself, but it's very, as you know yourself, it's very hard when you're alone, like trying to work on yourself because you do need that community feedback and support just to hold you. 100% and I know that that's actually one of the biggest things I'd say as well guys struggle with and a lot I see in my one-to-one work is like mm-hmm. guys thinking that they're the only one you know like oh geez I thought I was the only one you know yeah man you're probably the only one in Cavan but like there's <laughs> there's loads of other people in other counties you know <laughs> um nothing against Cavan people or anything but <laughs> <laughs> you know you, but you, you know what I mean people you know will have this moment in their life where you know, they might go out and they'll take a bunch of mushrooms that they picked themselves and they'll have this altered state of consciousness and realize who they are. And then they go back to their family and it's just yeah. like, who do I talk to about this? You know? So, you know, in my one-to-one work, talking to people and sharing and being like, all right, have you, have you tried this? Has this worked for you? Have you got to the root of this is, is great. And then it's kind of like, all right, now you need to go to a circle or go to a men's retreat, not necessarily mine, but just get out there, you know, find your community, find your tribe. That's what we always say at the end of every, all our retreats, go home, find your community, find your tribe. If there's no community and no tribe, you make it. And then job absolutely done. You know, I'm, I'm so happy when people come on the circles of retreats and then they go set up their, their, their own, their own stuff. It's, it's phenomenal. I think absolutely job done hundred percent, you know, I'm delighted and I'm always happy to support people sharing things or, send them on or or whatever it is you know it's um it's always always uh it's a it's a it's so beneficial to see see people do do stuff you know because if we want society to change we're going to need more spaces we're going to need more people uh we're going to need more people uh you know carrying the the torch you know so Definitely. it's absolutely wonderful and that's how ours started we squealer reached out to you and asked you for advice because he was at yours so it is kind of how just like taking the the fire 
lighting your torch from the fire and spreading it is where it's exactly what we'd love to see and um absolutely and maybe that uh, kind of thinking there like maybe you know i need to do something more around that about helping people set up because i have you know do drop people messages when they do ask about yeah. setting up something but yeah maybe oh god we have to write a book <laughs> who knows maybe <laughs> um i think you touch on something there as well that we love talking about and something we're actually thinking of doing over the summer for like teens um 17 or 18 we're still kind of debating what age but whoever's up for it i suppose but like that rites of passage piece um yeah i think that is huge and like i feel men anyway definitely need that step into manhood so like if we could recreate that for like for them at this you know whatever age they are now i think that would be something we'd love to do you know yeah yeah it's, it's definitely great work I, I think rob actually did something like that last summer down in cork for a bunch of young young uh yeah. teens i'm not quite sure if it was just men but yeah. i think they brought them out they did a camp in fire and that sort of stuff and yeah 100 i think you know we need to yeah create these spaces and teach you know teach the old kind of teachings and morals and ethics through you know, being together and stuff like that, especially now there's, you know, I've just had, uh, you know, my first child, a, a beautiful little oh, girl. Yeah, I was and meant to actually get to that. And didn't get a <laughs> whole, whole another podcast. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I think to her, you know, I'm, I'm not going to raise her Catholic um, because I don't agree with how things are in that sphere. Um, but I do look at a lot of the, you know, the Bible stories. There's some great morals and ethics yeah, and, yeah you know, take home messages from some of that stuff. So, you know, we have this big void now in Ireland where so many people are anti-religion and out of Catholicism, but, you know, what's going to replace it? How are we going to teach our kids these kind of stories? How are we going to teach How are we going to teach them their values and ethics and morals? So it's up to us to now create those spaces and reimagine the stories. And I'm really getting back in touch with, like, my Celtic roots and Celtic stories and folklore and mythology um and there's great wisdom in, in those so you know it's going to be really up to us to you know bring that all together and create experiences for the little ones to learn and grow mm, definitely just looking at the time there dara um gonna ask you there's a couple of questions we always ask at the end it's very interesting answers well, first one being what's your definition of success my definition of success um ooh, big one <laughs> i think my definition of success is waking up and going to bed happy you know feeling fulfilled um feeling that you're in alignment with your purpose um and that you're doing the things that you know you like to to do that make you feel well so you know doing the things that make you feel well and feeling happy and fulfilled absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. very good that's a great answer and and then the other one was if there was someone in a similar situation to you um when you were say your teenager teenage years what advice would you give them um what advice would i give them yeah, definitely reach out for the support, you know, don't, don't ever hesitate. Don't be afraid. Don't let money be an object. Most people, you know, who do this work, uh, from the heart will like 
totally take you for no money <laughs> you know um, of course we can't have everybody with no money but you know don't let it ever be an object you know what i mean there will always be time for you someone will always give you time um, and someone will, will always try and try and see you so definitely reach out and look for the support and if that person can't take you they will put you in contact with somebody who will mm, that's great advice yeah it's probably is a barrier for a lot of people just to the thought of asking and maybe the money part too so yeah good advice yeah, yeah thanks very much dara last thing if anybody wants to reach out for you for the one-to-one work the retreats the circles the connection retreats what's the best way to get in contact yeah absolutely um instagram these days is, is the main main uh focal point for me so at dar stewie d-a-r-s-t-e-w-y and then the retreats in the netherlands are um inwardbound.nl the retreats in ireland inwardboundinstitute.ie or find all the links in my link tree on my bio and then my personal work uh, mentoring men circles um is through my personal website innerwork.ie so you get you can check it out but mostly instagram and then everything's a bit of a mix you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah just generally drop me an email uh drop me an instagram yeah if i don't get back to you on instagram drop me an email cool look there thanks very much for coming on um and best of luck in the future with the with the new baby as well yeah thanks guys and you know like homework you were saying there you know about the 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 loss of something you know i'm going through a death and a rebirth now i'm taking on this father role mm. totally different identity label you know and it's such an interesting process to go on a very beautiful one but letting go of the things that you know uh don't serve me at the moment or aren't who i thought i was so yeah it never ends <laughs> but uh really thanks lads i really admire your work you're doing you're doing great stuff i uh, really enjoyed the the walk you guys did with the um gaelic woodland project so uh yeah i wish you all the best in the future i'm here to support you if you need it and you know anybody listening don't be afraid to reach out to to me or use and yeah i really look forward to seeing uh what unfolds in the in the future i'm sure there's going to be a few collaborations and oh uh, yeah a lot of fun in the meantime that's will cross sure at some will. point yeah cheers there appreciate that thanks, thanks guys so